Hey everyone, welcome to the Naz Church Weekly Message Podcast. Here you will listen to the preaching pastors from the Naz in Grove City, Ohio. We pray you are inspired by their teachings. Camp Naz. I am so excited for Right Way Ranch. And so don't forget, there is still time to sign up to be a part of this. This is an incredible opportunity to just lean into what God is doing in the lives of our students, in the lives of our kids, uh, and to sign them up to be a part of all of the fun that is going to happen at Right Way Ranch. And so we want to encourage you to be a part of that. But we are so excited that you are here, that you chose to be a part of worship with us today, this Sunday. And so whether this is your first time here or your thousandth time, whether you are here in the building or online, we just want to say welcome. We're so excited and glad that you chose to worship with us on this wonderful grad Sunday. And so can we just give a hand for our graduates one more time? We are just so excited for that, to be able to celebrate them, to be a part of that. And it's also youth takeover. So we are not just celebrating our graduates, whether they are high school, college, preschool, or kindergarten. You may have seen the names and the pictures of those lovely kiddos graduating in that way. But it's also youth takeover. We are celebrating and kind of participating in service with our students. And so you may have seen them in so many different ways and capacities throughout this way, whether they greeted you as you walked in the building, they may have served you coffee, you may have seen them running cameras or helping lead worship on stage. I'm just so thankful that our church has student leaders that have a heart for being a servant, to be a part of this, to lead and guide us in worship in that way and that want to be a part of what God is doing here at the NAS. And so for those of you who I may not have met yet, my name is Bailey Medley. I have the immense honor and privilege of being the student ministries pastor here at the NAS. And so this Sunday is always one that I look forward to. It's always one that is very special to me. Because of that, I'm just so unbelievably honored um, and thankful to be able to work with our students, to be able to work with our graduates and work with all of our students here in our student ministry at the NAS. And I mean, who can blame me? Look at these graduates. You saw them as they walked up. They're just smiling faces. You got to hear a little bit of their dreams, what they've accomplished, but all of the aspirations, the goals that are kind of wrapped up in what's happening next. And like I said, I get to be a part of this service every year, and I love it. But it's also very bittersweet. And I have to be honest, um, this year is especially hard for me. And I promise I wasn't going to cry, because once I start crying, I can't stop. <laughs> but I, I struggled. It showed when I tried to sit down and write this message, because I think in my heart, God and I had a deal that if I didn't write the message, they wouldn't graduate. And so I would get to keep them a little longer. But it showed as I got to sit down, and I tried to write this message, and I was praying, and I was reading because I'm not typically a crier, um, and I don't think I can say that anymore after this week. It has had me in my feels just thinking about what God has done in the lives of these students, where he is taking them, everything that has happened. And so I've just been kind of sitting in that and just thanking God for all that he is doing. But it's also especially bittersweet for me this round because I was hired on at the NAS here about six years ago. And when I was hired on, I was hired for the position of preteen and middle school pastor, which is now Pastor Caleb. But I was hired in that position, and so I was over fifth through eighth. And these incredible young adults that sit before you that walked across this stage, the high school graduates, they were seventh graders when I was hired on. And so they were the first group, the oldest group, to spend a full year with me. And it has been an immense just honor and privilege to be able to watch you guys go from 
unsure middle schoolers and become the incredible and talented and confident and just gifted students, but young adults just pursuing God wholeheartedly and fervently. And so I am so honored to be here, to be a part of honoring you and celebrating you and just so thankful that I was able to be a part of that journey. And so as you complete this stage of your life, I can't help but just kind of think that I was able to help start that with you, to be a part of that journey, to be a part of all that God did in those moments. And so now to be able to be here is just an exciting thing. And you guys have helped build my time thus far at the NAS. And for that, I am forever grateful for all the ways that God has used you to speak to me. And so I am just praying, church, that they will, as they go into this next thing, they will use the tools that they have been equipped with, that we have tried to instill in them as a full youth staff, as a full congregation, the ways that you have poured into them. We are just praying now that as they go into this, that they take those tools and their spiritual tool belt that they have been equipped, that they feel confident in how to use those and just excited to see all that you build with God as you move forward. And I mentioned that this is Youth Takeover and so, like I said, you've seen different ways where students have participated in it and we've had, with each increasing year of Youth Takeover, we've seen more and more students participate in it, be a part of greeting and coffee and all of those things. You've seen a lot of upfront. But this year is also really unique and really special because it's not just here, but the whole theme and the idea for this sermon is from our seniors. Because some of our senior students came to me and they said, Bailey, we have this idea, we've been praying about Grad Sunday, we've been praying about NAS Youth, and we just really feel like God has laid this idea of build your church on our hearts. There's a song by Maverick City of the same name and we just feel like God has really just moved through the song and we feel like this is kind of the cry for our graduating class. And so today, church, this message is not just one for our graduates, but it's one from our graduates. It's one from them to us. As we seek to figure out how we are building God's church, how we are participating in that, it's a call to be a part of the church by building the church from our seniors. And I can't get over how fitting it is because our seniors, whether from high school or college, have been building for a long time. I mean, they've been building up to this moment. The anticipation, the momentum has been building for 18 years. And some of you are like, amen, too long, <laughs> let's go, we're done. But it has been building, they've been building up to this moment and it's a bittersweet experience mixed with relief. Just being able to take a deep breath and be like, I'm done, no more exams for this season. No more of this, what I've been in, looking forward to what is ahead. But it's an opportunity for them to build something new to step into something. And so you're not, this isn't just the end. You're not building up to this, even though it feels like you've been building up to this your whole life. This is not your whole life. And now you get to go out and be a part of building something different, building something new. Because you never stop building with your life. Because graduates, those of us who are here who are not graduates today, we were once, <laughs> we can attest to the fact that no matter how old you are, you are always building. No matter how old we are, we are always still participating actively in building. We are called to do that. And I think it's funny because as I prepared for um, this message, I thought that this was a fitting outfit. I felt like this was kind of like building-esque outfit. Um, and I've been told by students already this morning that I look like I'm going skydiving. <laughs> um, they also said painter. 
<laughs> I said, Sherwin-Williams painter, so, you know, if ministry uh, doesn't work out, I feel like um, I've got a new gig going for me. They hooked me up with a hard hat and everything. But I feel like just, just like I thought this was construction. Construction is not my wheelhouse, friends. It's not. And people who know me well, I think that they would agree almost um, offensively, enthusiastically. Like they would agree way too hard and it would hurt my feelings. But that is not my wheelhouse. I am not a builder. Construction is not my thing. And so as our students came and said, we really feel like we want to talk about build your church. I'm like, I know nothing about building. I have nothing to offer in this situation, which I think is a part of the point. But I, I am not a builder. I, in my household, I am the one who comes up with the crazy ideas. I am the Pinterest addict um, who comes up with what I want in a space, who idealizes you know, what it's gonna look like. I am the painter, so apparently this is fitting, in our household, and my husband is the official taper for painting. He's very, very good with those things, and he is the builder of all of my crazy ideas. So while I am not a builder, we are all a part of building, and I love to see a project come together. Anybody else? You might not be good at actually putting it together, but you just love to see the final result, to see it come together, to be a part of that. And recently, my husband and I, we got to see a project come together. We bought a house two years ago, our very first house, and we were so excited to buy a house, but to buy a house in a community that we love and cherish, along with you guys here in Grove City. And the minute we walked in our living room, I thought of this project. I wanted to do this, I had it in my head, and people warned me that a house is a perpetual project, um, and I didn't believe them, and then we had our furnace break and all sorts of other surprise projects come up, and so I spent the last two years dreaming of this living room built out with a fireplace and a TV and a mantle and it just feeling so cozy, and we had all of these surprise things, but long story short, we found a local company that had a great turnaround time, a great price, and so we finally got to see our dream, the thing that I had been envisioning for two years, finally come together. We finally got to see this build out, and so this is, you can see my dog there too, just enjoying the, <laughs> enjoying the new build out. But I loved it, and I got to see it all come together. And I, again, while I am not a builder, I learned so much from just watching them build this. The bookcases were obviously already there, but they built out what was in the middle. I came up with the vision, but they were the ones to help make it happen. And I learned so much after looking at it and just actually asking questions. And if you're a master builder, I think these things and the scripture that we're going to dig in today, I think even if you are super skilled in building, these are things that are just good reminders as we approach how we build and assess what we are building with our lives. Because if we already know we are building, those are important questions to ask. And so we're going to look at 1 Corinthians 3 today. And in this letter, Paul is writing to the church of Corinth. And in this chapter, he's talking to them about how they are still growing in Christ. It feels like they're about as versed with their walk with God as I am with building, which I would just like to say is eager and willing to learn, but not very versed. And so he talked to them about shifting their focus and being a part of building God's church actively, individually, and as a community. He talked to them about these things because we all have a responsibility and an opportunity to be a part of building God's kingdom. We all have that responsibility, but also it's an invitation. It's an opportunity to be a part of what God is doing. And no matter how long we've been a Christian, 
no matter how skilled or unskilled we feel like we are at building, we are invited to be a part of the process. We are invited specifically and individually to be an active participant in what God is building. And I think Paul got that as he was writing because we see what he tells the people. He says, by the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder and someone else is building on it. But each one should build with care for no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, their work will be shown for what it is because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If, it has been built, if what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. If it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet will be saved, even though only as one escaping through flames. And there's so, so much in these verses, but I believe that there are three big things we see here and that I saw the same things happen within the building project that we had happen in our home that we're gonna dig into specifically today. The first one is don't deviate from the foundation. And all the builders said, amen. <laughs> they were like, don't mess with the foundation. If the foundation is right, you build on the foundation. I feel like this is a given thing, even for a building novice like myself. You're probably like, yeah, we, we know that, Bailey. How long are we gonna sp be spending on this? But as I watched the foundation go in for our built out, I was impressed by how much time was spent on it. They probably spent about half the time it took to build the whole thing went into building the foundation. And obviously, the space wasn't up for debate. I had a very specific space and measurements that they were allowed to use and work within. But they were so intentional about measuring and making sure that it was going to be strong, that it was going to be stable, that they made sure that the electrical cords wouldn't be blocked and all these various details that we had. It was cleared out, mapped out, and perfectly measured so that it could fit within that space and provide a strong foundation for the rest of the building frame to be fixed onto later. It was this very intentional structure, almost like skeletal in this way. And so, but that was the foundation for what was happening. And they knew that it had to be strong and so they were intentional with it. So a decent amount of planning and work was spent on this stage of the project as it should because the integrity of the rest of the building project depended on it. And the same can be, got, can be said for our relationship with God, building our relationship on God and building God's church because the integrity is in the foundation. The integrity of the whole project lies within the foundation. And as Paul starts to talk to Corinth, it shows that he understands this because it's one of the first things that he says to them. He spent a lot of time with them and helping them recognize what the foundation could look like, what a strong and firm foundation looked like and built it with them. He said, by the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder. And we see what he means, because if you go earlier in the letter, he says things like, I didn't come to you. When I first came to you, I didn't come with eloquence or human wisdom. I came to you in weakness. My message and my preaching were not wise and persuasive words, but a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. He said, I didn't come in with all of these fancy words so that you would trust me or think that I was educated or, you know, all of these things. He didn't want to have fluff or distraction. He was like, I just want to point you to God. 
I just want you to know that he is that. And by grace, I get to be a part of communicating that to you. But I think he recognized something really important. He knew that as he taught them to build, he showed them how to build. Something that we say in youth, and I say to the students all the time, is that relationships are bridges. The stronger the bridge, the heavier the truth it can carry across it. The stronger a relationship we have with each other, the stronger that bridge is and the heavier the truth, the heavier the conversations, the weightier of those things we can have. And what's weightier than the foundation for our life? He built a relationship with them. He got to know them, communicated with them. But he knew that they, he didn't want them to misunderstand the gospel, that he wanted them in building a relationship with them, that he would show them that building is relational. We're not meant to build alone. We're meant to build with God. We're not meant to build something that looks nice or suits us or is what we idealize in our minds, but it's something that we build with God. And at certain stages, it's something that we do communally as the body of Christ, that we get to participate in together. And so he communicated that by building relationships with them so that they would know that there is no other foundation other than the simple but incredible news of Jesus. And I love that he wrote, I laid a foundation as a wise builder and someone else is building on it. Again, it's that relational bridge. He's showing them that I helped lay this foundation, but he's going out to build up another church. And he says, you don't stop now. I am not the one doing this. Your relationship should never be dependent on a program or a person. And so he's saying, building God's church doesn't, I don't have to be here. I'm gonna go over here, someone else is gonna move in and take the reins. And it could have been another leader who God brought up through the church, but he's also saying you, the individuals of the church, you are gonna be a part of participating in this. You get to be a part of building and being a part of this process. But he follows it up with this warning, but each one should build with care for no one can lay any foundation other than what has already been laid, which is Jesus. Even when it's collaborative, we have a personal responsibility for how we build, for how we participate. We have to show that there is care in these things and it's very specific intentionality with real consequences. And it made me think of, have you guys seen those houses that fell off like the side of a cliff in Utah? Have you seen this? Insane. If you haven't, go look it up after church. It's crazy. But there was these buildings, they were these gorgeous, like modern, kind of like farmhouse looking houses in Utah. And there's just video. They're empty because they evacuated them for unsafe circumstances. But they're filming them. And this house, the noises that happen, and it just like creaks and cracks. And these houses, a whole story falls off one. And then the other one, it like cracks in the middle and just slides off. And it's just insane to watch this incredible structure just fall. But I read an interview with a city representative and they were asking him about it. And when they asked him about the incident, he said the area where the homes were built, it used to be a ravine. And he said the developers engineers used fill dirt to make the area buildable as a part of quote unquote, a plan they thought would work. And I read that, I was like, no way. I was like, yikes. 
Like you had one, you had a lot of jobs building a house. Like there's a lot of different things, but the foundation is the first thing. Like you didn't want to make sure that that was going to be the most stable thing it could possibly be by a cliff. Like that, what is going on? Like how, why on earth would you not make sure that the foundation is the most stable thing that is available to you? And as I was thinking that, I just felt like God in my head was like, yeah, that's crazy. Why would anyone build on a foundation that isn't strong, that hasn't proven itself? Why would we build on a foundation that we think could work? And I felt like God was giving me too much side eye in that moment, so I moved on. But I thought about it and I was like, I feel like we don't do this consciously, but how often do we shift the foundation of our life instead of making him foundational, him central to those things and building upon him for his church, how often do we think we can just make additions or upgrades or substitutions, adjustments, thinking that it won't make that big of a difference? Sometimes there are moments in our life that we think an area is buildable and we'll get to a milestone quicker or we'll be in a better place, we'll be more elevated, we'll be whatever. A bigger, a better version of something. But Paul says no one can lay any foundation other than the one that is already laid, which is Jesus. There is no other foundation. Nothing else will last. So don't deviate from the foundation. And again, this seems simple, but again, building doesn't end with foundation. We have to then build upon things. So if we know and we understand, don't deviate from the foundation. Even sometimes buildings fail because we start with a great foundation, but we end up suffering because we use the wrong materials. And so this is our second building tip from Paul, which is materials matter. The materials that we use in our life matter. And again, I got to see this happen with our home project, thankfully, in a way uh, that didn't stick. because I had this idea for shiplap and the painting and I wanted it this certain color and because I'm weird and the color I picked was a little bit different, uh, they don't make that color naturally on shiplap and so it had to be painted. And so I was talking to the owner and he said, well, we we thought this other thing might work, it's kind of like a siding and we thought we'd paint it um, the way that you wanted it. And I said, okay. And he admitted that it was a cheaper option which I thought would save me money but as they painted it, he, re- he realized and communicated that the lower quality became very apparent. Because as the paint went on, it had this weird texture. And he decided it's not the right material. It's not going to look good. It's not going to be what you want. And so we're going to shift and use this thing that, while a little bit more expensive, is going to last longer. It's going to hold the paint better. And it's going to bring about the project in the way that you envisioned it. And I really appreciated this foresight, one, because that is my favorite room in our house and I have to look at it, but also because he knew that if you don't take the time to use the right materials in the beginning, you'll be sorry later. He knew that in the moment it might be the easiest decision, the better decision, the quicker decision, but it isn't the better decision in the long run. And Paul knew that too because he was intentional to say that we have to be careful about how we build but what materials we use to build too. And he goes off to list materials that we could use. He says gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw. 
and that the outcome of these things would be shown with how they're used. He says that they'll be tested with fire, which seems a little extreme when it comes to buildings. I don't think a lot of us test what we build with fire. But we know that in life, we are tested. We have suffered trials and we have these things and we are formed and we grow within them. And so he's saying that these things that we choose to build, when they are faced with trials, it'll be shown what they really are, if they are the right materials. And I think it's interesting because the list that he gives us, they go in increasing value as far as commonality. They increase in things that you might see more where you are, but they decrease in value that people might associate with them. So it goes from gold, this valuable and important thing that isn't so common, and then silver next, costly stones, and then wood, which is common, and hay, which is even more common. But in saying that the fire will show it for what it is, each of those things responds differently to fire. Gold and silver are refined within it. Costly stones endure it. Wood is either damaged or it could be totally consumed. And hay is consumed and consumed faster, leaving maybe not even ash. It shows this possibility to think through what those things could look like in our lives. How we could build with those things and when we're faced with trials, what does it look like? Because I think if we're thinking of valuable things that don't maybe happen as often, these could be moments where they're super valuable because there are moments where God is asking us to rely on him, to be obedient, to take a step of faith, and so we are refined by those moments of faithfulness and obedience. We might endure some of those situations too, we might try to cut corners, to use the materials and make it look like it's a higher quality, make it look like it's something else. But in those trials, it becomes clear that we use the wrong materials that those things aren't what we were supposed to be building with. And I don't think that's the only thing Paul is saying as he's listing these, because not all building projects require the same materials. Not all materials have the same worth in every single building project. Because I think if we were given this list and we might build with these things, I think if we're being realistic, would. <laughs> But I think if we're looking at that list and we're like, I want something valuable, I wanna do something valuable with my life, I wanna build with this, we might pick gold. But if we're picking gold because we think it's the most valuable and it's not what God is asking us to build with, then it, that value isn't there. Does that make sense? If we are picking something based off the value that we assign to it or others around us assign to it, and we try to bring that into what God is trying to do, what he is asking us to be obedient in, it doesn't do us any good. It's the wrong material and it's gonna cause more problems in the long run, like fill dirt for foundation. It won't work. And while we might not have these things of actual construction and building in our lives, I think we do, it just looks different. It looks like High school graduates, it looks like picking your major. Maybe picking a major that you know has a better salary on the other end. <laughs> Get rid of those student debts, take care of it, set yourself up. And that's not bad unless God is calling you to something else. And church, we know that that's not just ministry. God doesn't just call us to ministry. He can call you to various things. 
He can call you to be a doctor, to be a teacher, to be things that end up having a, a nice salary with it. But no matter what that looks like, if it's not what God's calling you to, it's the wrong material. And the other thing too, if you have a job, college graduates, as you are going out to find your career, it's similar in that you may be in a position that has a good salary, that has good perks, but if God is calling you to something that looks different, that requires that step of faith, that looks different. That's a different material. It comes across in how we spend our time, how we spend our money, how we spend just all of the things that we have been given, how we build. We can seek out gold all we want, but if God is asking us to build with something else, the value isn't there. And it makes me think of sandcastles. Because just like if we build up our life with gold, it's like a sandcastle that we are building for ourselves. I had a friend growing up who they went to the beach every year and they built a sandcastle every day. And she used to love it. She said, oh, it's so fun. And we have like, it's like a new slate every day. It's just, we get to start new. But she said as she got older and as it went, she would get more sore. Her shoulders got a little bit sunburnt and she had nothing to show for it. Half the time they forgot to take pictures. And so she said she would put all this energy and time just like we can spend our energy and time, our days, our moments, our weeks, building up something for ourselves. that the minute a wave comes by or the sun goes down on that season, there's nothing to show for it. And we are called to build things that last. We are called to be a part of building God's kingdom. And so materials matter because there is a point when they are shown for what they are. When it is shown where there is a tipping point and we get to see if it will hold, if those materials are what God was calling us to use when they are tested by fire. And this brings us to our third and final building tip from Paul. Framework over features. Focus on framework over features. Every good building project has to pass inspection. And again, the builders knew this, and I, um, again, I am the aesthetic one. I am the one who is focusing on the vision, the final, my favorite details. And they were building up this thing. They had that framework set up. And I was getting nervous because the ship lab didn't have a final coat. Because their uh, blueprints, if we can call them that, uh, was written on a napkin. <laughs> they had a whole plan. It was filled with measurements and all of these different things, but all I saw was a napkin that just kept going in a back pocket. I got a little nervous. <laughs> I was so focused on the TV being mounted right, the mantle looking right, the fireplace just looking cozy, the shiplap, and they were focused on making sure the shiplap would stay, the mantle would be secure. They were focused on making sure that it would last, that it would work, that it was safe. We need to focus on the framework, the stability, rather than the features. Build the framework and the features will come. But we need to build out what is happening. And Paul, I think he knew this because he says, if what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. And if it's burned up, the builder will suffer loss and yet will be saved, even though only as one escaping through flames. And whereas my house project, I know that it's safe, that I don't have to replace anything within the structure, and that is incredible. The reward here, the payoff here, that we get to experience when we build God's kingdom on the right foundation, with the right materials, with the right focus for the framework, following the right blueprints, 
that has eternal impact. That is something that lasts. That is the total opposite of a sandcastle. And we see it in a parable that Jesus says as he's talking about these faithful servants who invested the things that he gave them. He says, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enjoy the joy of your Lord. And enter the joy of your Lord. You have been faithful. I will entrust you with many things. Enter the joy of the Lord. Those are things that I want to hear. And when we build upon those things, when we build upon the foundation, building with the right materials, focusing on the right priorities, we are a part of that. We are a part of entering into the joy of the Lord because we are helping build his kingdom here now. And again, I mentioned that this is something that students, this was their heart, that they said, we want to be a part of building God's church. And they already are, and they already have. But I was asking one student in particular about this. I was like, what, what made you think of this song? What just really like, laid this on your heart? And they said there were three things in the song by Maverick City, Build Your Church. He said, Jesus is our firm foundation. It shows that he gives us the authority to build and we are called to be his church right here. We have a responsibility and an opportunity to be a part of building God's kingdom. And church, our graduates get it. We wanna be a part of this. And so we are gonna sing this song, Build Your Church, here in just a moment. And it has these lyrics that say, build your church, build your church. Build it from the ground up. Build it from the ground that my feet are on, from the ground up in me, so that I can be a part of what you are doing. It says, build your church, build it from the ground up. We are your church. We are building it, but we're building it in the way that we live our lives, in the moments that we live, the materials that we use upon a foundation that we hope lasts, but we know the only one that will is the one if we build it on Jesus. And so I wanna ask you three questions this morning. What are you building your life on right now? What is your foundation? Is it God or are you maybe trying to add things or substitute things, adjust it? What are you building your life on? What are you building your life with? What are you building God's kingdom with? What are the materials that you are using? Are they the ones that are most available? The ones you feel like are most valuable? Or are they the ones that God is calling you to use right now? And where is your focus? What are the blueprints that you are following? Are you distracted by the features, allowing your framework to become weak? Or are, are you focused Trusting the process of where he would call you next, where he would guide you. And so will you stand with me this morning? As you think about these questions, there may be some of you here today who are thinking, I haven't built in a long time. I don't feel like I've been building. I don't feel like I have that foundation. Some of you may be here and be thinking, I want to be a part of building. I want to say here and now, from the ground up, God, build your church in me. And if that's you, if you want to say that for the first time, God, build your church in me, I just want to encourage you to pray with me here right now. God, we just thank you so much. We thank you that you give us the invitation to build with you. And so God, I just pray with my friends who are here who are saying, God, I want you to be the foundation of my life. 
I don't want to build sandcastles anymore. I want to build upon your foundation with the materials that you call me to and focus on the things that will last. God, I want you to build the framework of my life. I want to walk alongside you. I want to build with you. I want to build your kingdom now and here. God, will you just forgive me for the foundations that I have tried to make for myself and build upon? And God, will you just be the leader of my life? you change me from the inside out so that I can experience that and I can be a part of building something new here. God, reset my focus. Help me to see things for the value that you give them and to build with the framework that you have set before us. God, we just pray all of these things in your name. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer with me today, we believe, and we say this often here at the church, we believe that that's extremely personal, but it's not meant to be private. And we wanna build with you. We wanna build alongside you and equip you and walk alongside you as you continue to learn how to build and grow in this way, as you begin on that foundation. And so we have a gift for you. Come up front, we'd love to talk to you. Go to Next Steps and grab a Bible. Just be a part of that and connect with that. Be a part of what God is building. And I just wanna end with this as we sing. Paul, a couple verses later, says, don't deceive yourselves. If any of you think you are wise by the standards of this age, you should become fools so that you may become wise. Are you willing to become a learner again? Are you willing to bring your tools and your willingness and leave your blueprints behind so that God can build his church in you here today? If that's you, sing with us this morning and make that your prayer as we prepare to leave today. Thanks for joining us for this week's podcast. Stay connected with us at the naz.church.